Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Cameron Howard. And I'm Eric Barreto. And joining us today is Sarah Henrik, who teaches New Testament here at Luther Seminary. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. We uh, have a really great essay in front of us, and a big question that's been all over the news recently is, was Jesus married? It's not a new question, right? I mean, it's as far back as Dan Brown, the Da Vinci Code, and even well before that. It just keeps cropping up every once in a while. A couple months ago, there was this new discovery that made headline news again about Jesus having a wife. Can you tell us about, uh, just remind everybody about what happened, what's the fragment, and what's the latest on it? Well, I'm not sure I know the latest, Eric, but the last time I looked, uh, and the piece of the internet that I looked at, suggested that there's still uncertainty about this fragment, where it came from primarily. So we have a very small fragment, three and a half by five inches or something along those lines, that uh, is of uh, an ancient style paper with ancient right. style writing in Coptic, a translation from a Greek original perhaps, or perhaps not, that was offered to Karen King, a professor at Harvard who specializes in early church history and has a great interest for, and has had for a long time in Gnostic materials, those later ways of thinking about what it meant to belong to people of God that are complicated and have to do with knowledge and have really uh, diverse and complex mythologies of their mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. and developed centuries after our own Gospels. So this comes to her, and she has it analyzed by leading papyrologists, manuscript people, and they think maybe it's authentic. And it includes a a few words that have Jesus saying, my wife, in absolutely no context. So that what it may actually have said um, my wife, there shall never be. Who know? I mean, <laughs> right, just, I mean don't know. we don't yeah. know. Um, and whether or not it's actually an original, since it's provenance, where it comes from, is so hidden from us at this point. And since it's so coincidentally exciting to the popular mm. press and kind of enlivens right. the imagination yeah. of believers and non-believers alike, all make it a little suspicious. So I, I get the sense for that. Dr. King was a really good scholar. She's not a sensationalistic person. It was very tantalized with the possibility that in the fourth century, uh, which is probably, if, if we date it, and it's authentic, which we'll get to in a second. Yes. If it's authentic. It was around fourth century that there were some Christians who at least might have thought that Jesus might have had a wife. I think that's as much as we can say. And but the press, of course runs with what (laughs) right it's the what they do with scientific studies and that leave us confused all the time even the word wife would have been a more flexible sort of concept and may have been a kind of metaphor in gnostic worship Mm -hmm. just the same way paul uses sister and brother to talk about all sorts of people in his congregations who aren't blood relatives So we've got a lot of confusion here. So without context, it's hard to say what the text really is saying. In addition, I've seen some other stuff recently online that uh, there's lots of other good questions to question uh, its authenticity, Mm -hmm. that it may be likely that it's uh, a modern forgery of some kind. We've seen some of these before. Indeed. Um, People can make a lot of money and attract a lot of attention with this kind of stuff. Ought to be at least a couple more Da Vinci Code type novels coming out of this one, (laughs) right? 
So yeah, we do have this history of fascination with these with these things, and quite often, and bringing up the Da Vinci Code reminds us that the wife that Jesus has is a sort of imagined to be Mary Magdalene. So we're pulling together both a wife for Jesus and Mary Magdalene is that person out of not very much, in fact, I would just plain say not sufficient evidence. I, I don't know if you two guys would agree with that, but there isn't much to base either of those claims on as far as I can see it. Well, something that the press likes to pick up on is the possibility that the church might be covering up oh. this idea of Jesus's wife. What's what's at stake in that claim? You know, Cameron, I'm not 100% sure. The church has always been loved by some and unloved by others. It, it, the history of Christianity is a fractious one at best. We just have to go back and look at Paul's letters to see how early that starts. And as the church becomes larger and history, and we do know, I think, to be fair to our own imaginations, that history is never so simple as what's given to Mm -hmm. us by the authorities. Sure. So we begin to wonder, really, what happened? Really, what can we know? Really, what was this guy like? And there's a sort of a, a thriving uh, inclination that is easily fed for debunking our early childhood understandings, mm-hmm. our our fairy tales, our Sunday school stuff, so that we don't have to pay attention anymore. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a way that somehow lets us off the hook from attending oh, to yeah. some other things. And uh, I think that we love that. Yeah, in a sense, if, if, if it's all lies or if it's all trickery, and we can turn our attention to other things and not actually go back and say, well, what really happened? It yeah. kind of draws our attention away. And somehow, if the church has lied to us, has covered something up, trust is broken, and we can, um, what, what do I want to say here? Almost abandon accountability hmm. wholesale. Hmm. It's a very unsubtle read on our part then of church. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So very complicated. I know there are other reasons for some women it feels like for Jesus to have married would have been a very positive thing. It would have honored marriage and honored their own roles in in life as uh, married women. Especially in a church that so often has been not dominated, at least yeah. in the leadership by men. Yeah. Yes, I think that's really true. What people point out that I think is really interesting, and I know we weren't going to jump to why this matters so much, no, but I'm go. glad we let's are. Let's go there. I think this is really <laughs> this good. This is the important stuff, yeah. Uh, that uh, Mary Magdalene, Let's just go with her, since there are no other candidates for Jesus' wife at the moment. <laughs> she, she is honored by Jesus as a sister in Christ, she, thus opening the realm of being valued and honored to every woman, not only a married woman. Right. But it also doesn't deprive a married woman of being honored as a, a child of God, a sister in Christ. So... Finally, for Jesus to be married in order for women to find some value becomes smaller and narrower than the value Mm. that it seems that Jesus already provides for women that Paul picks up so well in 1 Corinthians. You know, I'd like you to be as I am, celibate, so you could give your full attention to God. But if you're not called to that, then take care of each other as married people, and there's no harm in that either. So I'm not sure... The church has hurt women for a long time, and it may be one of the ways to rethink it. 
Yeah, and uh, Mary Magdalene, of course, has gotten uh, maligned all these years interpretively right. as people assume she's a prostitute. There's no nothing in the New Testament that would suggest that, but it's been this interpretive tradition. But what do we have in Scripture about Jesus' relationships? Can we, can we, if we open the New Testament, do we learn anything about Jesus, whether Jesus was married or not? No. Easy question. Yep. <laughs> Very easy question. Well, except, of course, that arguments from silence are always a little risky. Yes. And, in fact, that's what's opened the door for all this fascinating speculation. Speculation about the life of Jesus, the life of the apostles, is nothing new. People, people have beloved saviors, heroes, and they want to know more than their sources provide. So we create all sorts of things. And uh, some of them would just curl our hair. You know, it's just good that they're not in the New Testament. But really, no. There's nothing in there that suggests that Jesus is married. There's nothing that specifically denies that he's married. A lot of people think because he was a young Jewish male, he must, of course, have been married, particularly if he was called rabbi, teacher, by some. Mm -hmm. But in fact, we know that even within first century Judaism and before, continuing thereafter, there are young men with a vocation that leads them, and also, interestingly, some younger women with a vocation that leads them to celibacy. Mm -hmm. They're talked about in Philo and Josephus, two first century authors that we happen to have voluminous amounts of material from. So they talk about, with approval, some of these celibate uh, uh, people who devote their lives to God. Mm -hmm. So it's not at all unlikely that Jesus might have had that own Im imagination mm -hmm. of his own vocation. Nope. So no, nothing in the New Testament. You've got to go outside to begin to find stuff. And then it's really about Mary Magdalene yeah. more than it is about Jesus. And again, there's nothing specific in all those post-New Testament non-canonical materials that ever says she is the wife of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's why this scrap creates such furor. Yeah. So nothing New Testament will clarify for that for us either way. Let's, let's do a little experiment. What if we were able to find Jesus' marriage certificate? I'm sure they had these in the ancient world, right? Surely sure, they must yeah. have. No, but hey, here's the question, right? Does it matter for us in our everyday faith? Is it Would it change our faith radically if Jesus were married, if we can prove conclusively, conclusively that he wasn't married? Does it make a difference in the end, do you think? <laughs> I think it would raise a lot of really interesting theological questions. And here's where the Da Vinci Code does have some implications for the way some people might be thinking about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, the big question would be, is uh, divinity, whatever that quite means, and or sinlessness passed on genetically? <laughs> and yeah. uh, if Jesus had been married and had a child. Now, of course, Jesus could have been married and remained celibate. It's not unheard of in early Christian documents. Mm -hmm. Jesus could have been married, not remained celibate, and God intervened and there were no children. Huh. We know about lots of infertile couples in, throughout mm -hmm. the New Testament. Or there could be children. And who would they be? And would they be half Jesus or, yeah, yeah. you know, a quarter God? or what? So uh, if you get caught into stuff like that, I, I think it could, it could be entertaining. Right. But frankly, a little silly. Yeah. It, it strikes me. 
Even if Mary and Joseph had slept together before Jesus was born, he was still conceived by the Holy Spirit. Right. There's the divinity, whatever that entirely means, and Jesus' singularity are given to him. Yeah. So, frankly, Eric, while it might entertain people some and get them to think more about yeah. stuff, I don't see what difference it would make for the big story mm-hmm. about Jesus as the forerunner bearer of the kingdom of God, uh, defining power and God's power and divinity differently mm-hmm. than would have been normal in his world and ours, and his death and his having been raised mm-hmm. as a sign that this one is God's one. Yeah. How would it change that? Yeah. We, it might change our language a little bit. I think of all the hymns we know about um, the church is the bride of Christ. Oh, for uh, instance, uh, so that could complicate true. metaphorical <laughs> yeah. ideas. And to me, too, it seems that it's, uh, <laughs> to me, maybe more at stake is Jesus' humanity, right? So that it's, I, I think the questions about whether his kids would have been gods or not is interesting and funny, but it's, you know, about angels dancing on the head yeah, of a pin. Yeah, exactly. But... On the other hand, we confess that Jesus was fully human and that all the vast experiences of being human are available to him. Um, And singleness is an experience of being human as much as being married is an experience of being human. So that whole panoply of relationships and experiences, right, are all within Jesus' experience or possible experiences and that maybe it shouldn't rock us that much that Jesus might have been single, might have been married, probably had to use the bathroom every once in a while, Don't had to think? eat, got yeah. hungry, got grumpy, yeah. that all these experiences of humanity were exactly things that God chose to inhabit. Yeah. Well, one of our friends made that joke about uh, he wished Jesus had been married so he'd have to raise a teenager. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it, it makes the point that goes with what you're saying. While all those experiences of grief, of love and joy and everything else are available to Jesus, he also doesn't, any more than any one of us does, have every experience mm-hmm. possible right. for humankind. Right. Right. So he doesn't need to, as we don't, mm-hmm. to learn to be compassionate and develop eyes that can see more richly and deeply into the experience of others. Right. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sarah, for being with us today. You guys, we could talk about this a long time, but I think, you know, the New Testament gives us lots of Jesus to work with, and uh, perhaps we don't need odd papyri fragments until we're a lot more certain both that they're real and what they mean. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.